<laughs> Welcome to She Well Read. I'm so weak right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Samra. I'm Alana. And we are here to talk about chapter three. All about the boys. Should we read the quote in the beginning? I think we shall. Okay. No man is capable of being your best friend. A best friend is someone who goes to get their nails done with you. Chelsea Handler, comedian. Which I was like... That's kind of really simplistic looking back. Yeah, I was like, I want a man who will go... Because I expect my man to be my best friend as well. But I want a man who will go get a manicure with me. Or a pedicure. That's really not where my thoughts on that went. But I totally agree. Yeah, like... I just don't feel like it's as simple as someone to get their nails not all girls get their nails done right you just told me you wanted to stop getting your nails done which we'll see when this <laughs> gets released let's see if i'm actually right let me naked check your nails. nails yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right anyway let, your take on it okay so this chapter goes into kayleen's college experience and it just so happens to begin with her sorority recruitment process. Oh my gosh. Rush, as they as they say. As they might call it. Um, she goes and says, Rush is not chill. There's a schedule um, and a suggested dress code, which is really more like mandatory dress code. So Kayleen loved Rush, apparently. She liked packing her specific outfits. Um, she wanted to find friends that she could be her truest self with. All wonderful things about, you know, going through this recruitment process. You're supposed to find, you know, your home, your lifelong friends, people that really get you and you can be yourself with. So that's the point. Um, you know, what I don't like about this process is how discriminatory it is Mm. like they cut girls on the first day the second day you know all the way up until the last day yeah and from my understanding of that i isn't it because y'all have like a quota yeah there are some technical factors right there's some technical like as sad and disappointing as it is as much as we kind of live in that age it's where like everyone's a winner but like really not Mm. but they hit you hard with it in college (laughs) they're like yeah Yeah. you graduate you graduate but you're also not good enough to get into this sorority yeah it's rough yeah it's kind of cutthroat um I think a lot of people have different perspectives on it, but what I thought was cool about my own personal experience with a National Panhellenic Conference, um, which I guess is the original Greek council. Let me not say things that I don't know. (laughs) Let me just not say things I don't know. Um, But... These are just traditions that they have, like these days, the way that you rush, the way that women get cut based on different factors like their GPA, their extracurriculars, more physical features. It honestly sounds like getting into college all over again. It is. It really is. Except with the added pressure of like having to socialize and just do a lot of um, running back and forth and just a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Just a lot in general. But what I took away from all of this is how she leads into saying, basically mm-hmm. how it influenced the way she thought she could get a man. Wow. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> oh, you're talking about, okay, so her her be- her boyfriend mm-hmm. from the beginning of college. Literally from the start. From orientation, I think is what she says. He asked her um, what sorority she was thinking of joining and you know she told her that um, she told him she told him (laughs) that you know whatever sorority she was planning on rushing or considering and he said good we mix with all of those and so basically what she kind of later figured out is that if she hadn't joined, you know, a specific sorority that mixed with his fraternity, there would be no way that they could ever date. Wasn't she AD Pi? Yeah, Alpha Delta Pi. Mm. That's what she was. So she rushed at UT um, Austin mm-hmm. and just in general, Texas. I mean, we live in the South too, so we're pretty familiar with like. I mean, I lived in Texas, so true. I could totally see this happening and it's, being a thing. It's huge. It's Everything's huge bigger in, in the Texas. South for sure. And so they, they really take it seriously, the whole Greek life. But a lot of what she said in chapter three about her experience in Rush was similar to mine, I would say. Mm-hmm. And something I got to watch firsthand. And then as an, um, I guess, more senior member of the sorority, got to experience from a whole different perspective, mm-hmm. like being the person judging these women and um, everything that went along with that. Yeah. So... Something that she kind of talks about um, is the fact that none of her sorority friends became her lifelong friends like they told her that they would. Um, She was saying that once that, I guess once that they accomplished their mission of getting these women to join their sorority, their jobs were over. Well, not only that, but like, I don't know if y'all have this in your sorority, but the whole section where she talks about the candlelight ceremony. Oh, that's real. I just like, I, I literally wrote in my light, my notes. It says the candlelight ceremony, wild. <laughs> like she made it seem, and I don't know if this is truly how it goes, but it's almost like a turning point mm. in your whole experience in the sorority because it's like, you know, at first it influenced the way she thought she could even get a man. Like, oh my gosh, I have to get into this sorority mm-hmm. and this is how I'm going to meet guys. And then it transfers into after she got a man, like a man outside of her like Greek world, mm-hmm. she realized how she didn't need it to uh, get one. Yes, yes. And yes, then yes. I, it made me think like, you know, when you're younger, we're very much heavily influenced by certain things that we think will help us get a man. Right. Like, there's certain things that you're like, oh, if I do this, I can get a man. Or if I do this, I can get a man. Or if I dress like this. Or if I dress like this. Right. If you do certain things, you're going to get a man. And so I also think this depends on your maturity level Mm -hmm. and the way you grew up Mm -hmm. and the thought processes that were taught to you about how and when you get a man. Mm -hmm. Because I used to think, like, you know, oh, like, based on watching these, like, rom-com movies, uh... I'm going to go to college. Like, in high school, I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to meet this guy. Uh, and, you know, yeah. we're going to start dating in freshman year. And we're going to last all four years. And then he's going to propose to me at graduation. And, like, 
Ring this, by spring. Right. This idealistic version of how to get a man that's not actually 100% accurate. Mm. But because that's what I saw, that's what I believe. It's like, all you know. It's all you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not saying that my parents taught me this or anything like that because they taught me the exact opposite. My parents very <laughs> much taught me how to be an independent woman. But, you know, it's hard also when you're getting all these different viewpoints. Like, mm-hmm. you have your parents telling you one thing. You have your friends telling you one thing. You have... Hollywood literally telling you a whole other thing like mm-hmm. I don't know and kind of like da- like it like she oh, talks about the like candlelight dating. ceremony they can't oh my gosh I Bro, was like no this what? is real this is something that actually happens in all of, I mean I'm pretty sure all of the sororities it's like I guess they were encouraging at one point women to like be like like that's the whole point of the mixers it's like you mingle with these fraternity guys Mm -hmm. and i guess you create this beautiful greek bond situation Mm -hmm. and that not only like strengthens your membership in your own chapter but your lifelong membership Mm -hmm. in each of your whatever chapters you know yeah and so it's like a rite of passage when one of them will either like give you a little I don't know what the word is. It's been so long. But basically they gave you a little pin. Yeah. There's like a I'm trying to think of what this like bonding you I don't know, that's wild to me. Like bonding you to that person. Yes. And you get your own individual ceremony. Let me tell you, you don't get a ceremony ever just about you in no part like even your initiation there's like other women that are going through that with you which is like the most sacred you know right 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 uh situation um but if you get chosen by a fraternity man to be like first of all like like he'll give you that pin and then the Mm -hmm. second level is engaged Mm -hmm. and then at that point like you can even get married and like the more like levels that you accomplish with this guy is the more times the candle gets passed. Yeah, that's what I was reading. The circle. So it is a really interesting ceremony because no one knows who it is. Yeah. So you're all just like in the dark passing this candle, <laughs> like what's going on? And then the like more times it gets passed around, you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like, oh my God, somebody's getting married. <laughs> The last person gets the candle and then they tell their story. So it's like you get your own moment where all of these women are just like... Looking up to you in a sense? Yes. Huh. You know what? Like, I would love to go on a historical deep dive and like, how did these traditions get started? What were these women trying to accomplish with them? Because at this point in our day and age, I feel like it's really antiquated. Wild. (laughs) And just, yeah, completely wild that it's on this different level. It's not like, hey, you got this scholarship or hey, you graduated. Like, (laughs) hey, this man chose you. Right, and he just so happens to be in this fraternity that we, like, bond over with. Yay! It's, like, the best thing that can happen. That's so interesting. Yeah, you that's know, a that's a good breakdown of what's going on. That's very, very interesting. But she gets to a point, though, where she yes, realizes she that realizes. she doesn't need this sorority anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of girls get to that point in their 
respective sororities, at least an NPC. Right. Because Which is very interesting. It is really like mm, Yeah, it's very similar to what she said. Once these girls have, you know, get to this point in their lives. It's like it's almost kind of like what's next? Right. You've got other things going on in your life. You're graduating soon. Life's taking you in different directions. There's a million activities that you have to go to. And, you know, sometimes people just want to, like, take a step back and not do that. Right. And there's not really a a good way to do it besides just leaving. So that's what she ended up having to do. Yeah. And I feel like, in a way, like, in NPHC, there's something similar, but, mm-hmm. like, not as extensive, which is why when I was reading this, I was like, this is wild. Like, there's a whole ceremony for it. Like, it's just very interesting coming from a different council and a different perspective. I was like, huh. Yeah. Very interesting. Isn't it wild? It is. Um, uh, yeah, so also, like, it goes into a deeper, this chapter goes into a deeper dive of you know, kind of the thought of dating in college and kind of a disclaimer that I wanted to put out there. I've never been in a relationship before um, and it's kind of a personal choice. Uh, I've always been focused on other things that I believe trump the priority of being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, you know, it'll happen when it happens. But until then, I'm not really worried about it. That's but a then, good way to be. Yeah. Which is what I've been told. <laughs> but the more I got interested in it, I was like, all right, let's 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 try the whole dating thing out or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So this was college. This was college. Like okay. in high school, I went to a predominantly white high school. So I didn't really. In Texas. In Texas, right. I didn't really, like a relationship was the last thing on my mind. The first thing I wanted to do was I was on the drill team and I wanted to make sure that I got good grades and school was my number one priority. And I had friends and I hung out with them and that was cool. But like boys were the last thing on my mind. Right. And that was just me. Like not saying that's a good or bad thing, but that was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as I got to college, you know, I got more interested. And I was like, all right, let's let's see what this is about. All these men living right these next men. door. <laughs> Literally. So close. Right. Um, so, you know, and obviously not to say that I've never had a crush or potential suitors or anything like that before. Even, even in college, but none have either met my expectations mm. or tried to really even be in a relationship. Like uh, like we talked about in the last episode. A lot of episode. people aren't looking for one either. Right. Like, there's, there's situationships. And, like, for me, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can, like, I feel like you should trust your gut and your instincts. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, I've proved that my instincts are right. Yes. You know, sometimes I'm a little off. But most of the time, I'm pretty right. I agree. And I trust myself. And I think that comes with maturity. Mm. And Period. <laughs> I just know what I want. I know what I don't want. I know what I'm going to put up with. I know what I'm not going to put up with. And mm. that's kind of something you have to find for yourself. Mm. Like, what are what are you willing to deal with and what are you not? And, you know, there's times where I've talked to guys for extended periods where I was like, oh, this could totally turn into a relationship. And then <laughs> everything goes to crap. And it's like time to start from the beginning or like I go into this thing where I'm like I'm single and I'm total and I'm genuinely totally fine with being single and whatever happens happens right and then whatever happens happens and then it it's just kind of a cycle but the dating cycle the dating cycle the dating game we hate it here we hate it here (laughs) (laughs) 
but you can't avoid it. You can't. You literally cannot avoid it. But I've come to a point of peace. <laughs> wow, teach me. Teach me. Literally, my Bumble, I got a notification that it went inactive. Like your account? My profile went inactive. <laughs> Julia, my roommate, was like, I didn't even know that could happen. And I was like, I didn't either. Yeah, didn't we all learned Bumble. something new today because I, <laughs> I've just been over the whole thing. I, I need to take a break. I've been taking like a, a, a step back. Yeah. You could say a dating app break, maybe a dating app break. <laughs> I'm tired of flipping. I'm tired of swiping. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we're all going through our own. Mm-hmm. But all of that to say, I am no relationship expert whatsoever. But you have watched. I right. I've seen enough to be able to mm. give advice on them. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, you can learn a lot by watching how your <laughs> friends uh, deal or decide not to deal with their relationships right and also there are so many different types of relationships Mm. that can kind of help you within other relationships it is so it's like you know communication is a foundation of any type of relationship it doesn't have to be a relationship where you're that's your significant other or something Mm -hmm. like me and you as friends like we have a communication foundation that we have with one another as friends in that relationship right so and that's something I feel like carries over into like one day if I did have a significant other into that relationship. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of the foundation of everything. And I'm huge on communication. Um, that's a big one. It, it's huge. Major key. Right. And so, you know, communication, time management, it's all the same in all relationships. It's a, it's, I, it is different when you're talking to someone or you have a significant other. That kind of foundation is different about how you guys lay that. But at the end of the day, you're laying the same foundation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just to put that out there, I'm no expert. However, I speak from experience and watching other people. Yeah. I feel like the amount of experiences you have had add up to an expertise in dating. Yeah. Let's just go as far as to say that because you are a 22-year-old woman mm-hmm. who's had a lot of life experiences. Yeah. Dating-related and otherwise. Right, even if it wasn't my own. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just kind of a discussion. She's now an there. expert. <laughs> she has become Samra an has expert. Samra to me an expert. <laughs> According to this podcast, <laughs> according our to what the heck expert. I want to believe in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're all doing out here. Honestly, that's so funny. But, you know, dating in college is complicated. It's honestly impossible <laughs> when you think about it. The job, the classes, the homework. The everything. The just financial stress, all of it combined, like... The fact that we try to add in a sprinkle of love <laughs> and, em- a sprinkle. and emotion and like all of that, it's beyond me, but. Hey, listen, I don't it know. works for some people. Like I am genuinely happy for those people that it works for. I'm just not one of them. It just didn't work out for me. So yeah, where are we dating going? is complicated. Uh, Oh, yes, yes, but yes, when yes, you yes. Grow, dating in college. Yes, but when you grow and you mature, you know, you have to see if the person in your relationship do too. Yeah. Like if you wow. are dating in college, Ooh. you know, because you could have started dating your freshman year. I know for a fact I am a totally different person from freshman year to now. 
And I, I think agree. most people can relate to that. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I I agree with you, but surprisingly, the people that I've dated, I'm still close to, and we're still mm, okay. Maybe we're not that close, mm-hmm. but I think that we're similar enough to where like our experiences haven't changed, like the fact that we can relate, right? Because we're, you know, if you're like with this person, at least for me usually there's enough commonality to where like i think that we would end up being lifelong friends right because you know but i am someone that like will find i don't know like i'm picky about who you are on like a person like a deeper level on a deeper level right yeah and kind of like my theory is like you want to be with someone you would consider your best friend Mm. at the end of the day. Someone that's that's going to push you. Yeah, that's kind of the foundation of it all. So, like, if you really, truly did find someone that could be your best friend and in a relationship, but the relationship part just didn't work out, but you could still be really great friends, like, I see nothing wrong with that. Unless it was toxic in nature from the start. Mm. Then I say could it. But basically, yeah. Relationships in college are complicated. To you learn say a lot, the though. Least. You mm. learn a lot. And I also feel like it depends on the size of the school that you went to. Like, mm. speaking from the experience of coming from, I guess I would call us like a... We're a mid-size. Mi- a mid-size school? Yeah, a mid-size, mid-size school. school. Like, mm-hmm. like 20,000? Yeah, like the larger the school, the larger the dating pool but as you dwindle down in size of people, only naturally the dating pool becomes smaller too to where you get to a point where it's like, <laughs> didn't you date so-and-so back in the day? It da, is da, da, funny because like, freshman year, everybody comes in like with a clean slate. Right. And then slowly people come, don't come back to school or mm-hmm. get you like, Where's canceled. <laughs> What happened to them? Yeah, they didn't come back. <laughs> right. But like, you know, eventually like you can circle back. Like I know this happened to me. It's like a guy from freshman year all of a sudden comes back senior year. And it's like, well, who did you talk to in all of this in between time? Like, wow. Who are you with? <laughs> who are you now? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Like, honestly, who is you? So I think both of us have kind of had similar experiences where you make friends to an organization versus friends you make kind of just naturally, I guess is the word. Like you gravitate towards that person. Yeah, like not saying like either is better than the other, mm. but I do feel like you have to keep a balance. I agree with of that. Of those friends, because you know, in life you have different types of friends. You have different types of friends that you go to for different things mm. and different friends that you bonded with from the get-go on this one thing right that you know kind of evolves into its own thing and you have to make sure that your other relationships with your other friends are good and you don't want to spend too much time unless it's natural and then eventually you just grow apart or something but you want to like equal your time with all of your friends you never want to feel like you're giving more attention to someone else and you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of good when you have friends that will call you out on it like hey chick I haven't seen you in like five ever. Let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a mutual thing. Like it's, it, it shouldn't be a one-sided relationship. Like as much as I'm reaching out to you to hang out, you should be reaching out to me to hang out. Mm. Like it has to be some type of balanced relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> like not reach out to someone 
like thinking that they're gonna like pick up on that but then oh like low-key like hey like this is my like 10th time reaching out and you haven't reached out like ever. yes, yes but then i have experienced some it. people really are go-getters though when yeah. it comes to friendship yeah i consider myself a go-getter <laughs> scrappy scrappy yeah i'm just mm. thinking about <laughs> this mm. one friends episode <laughs> where um, Monica, like, accidentally tells Phoebe she was trying to cut Phoebe out of her life. Oh, or no, 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 no. I know opposite. what you're talking about. Phoebe was, was a, trying to tell, she yeah. accidentally lets it slip, or someone no, lets no, no. it slip. So it was a friend who they had both had from mm-hmm. forever ago who was coming back into town. Yes. And they mutually didn't like her. But. But then the friend that, comes back. She's like, oh, I'm so glad y'all are friends again. And, like, releases the whole thing that Phoebe was trying to, like, ghost Monica as a friend. <laughs> she was trying to ghost her. And Monica had no idea Bro, that that's that was happening. Bro, that's a Phoebe and Monica situation, though. It is. It is. Um, and sorry for all of you that don't watch Friends, but, like, you can probably literally look I up think all Google of, that episode. Right, right. I think most of America's seen that yeah. exact episode. Of <laughs> that exact one that we're talking about right now that re- that's relevant to what we're talking about. Right. So, you know, so I guess another thing to go along with what Alana said is even though it is obviously a two-way street, there are different personality types. Some are type A. Some are... Nowhere to be found. <laughs> um, but either way, <laughs> if you're friends with that person, you obviously know how they communicate. Yes. Or you don't. You know your friend. So, like she said, calling her, calling him out sometimes is always good. But Yeah, or just like, if you are that, because I am that type A friend who's always reaching Scrappy. out. <laughs> um, Just know, like Samra said, knowing your friends and then like not being offended when they don't reach out because that's just not in their character it doesn't necessarily always mean that they don't want to hang out with you mm. it just might genuinely their just, life like, is spaced. disorganized yeah or <laughs> potentially like they're, are they just space and they're like huh like three months later i haven't talked to so and so in so long <laughs> meanwhile the type a person is like oh my gosh like they hate me they hate me like they don't want to be friends anymore with like half the time that's not sometimes it is the case but half the time it's actually not the case so mm. it's all about having that open <laughs> communication with your friends again i mean just like right like me and samra we've been friends for what five years now yeah. i know samra samra knows me we know how we know how this game works so <laughs> and we play it accordingly we do <laughs> you're right 100 percent um, so yeah, that was, <laughs> and then, you know, how you were saying she goes into the whole rom-coms, how mm. rom-coms made us I and still so do funny and insightful. See romance, love and relationships. It mm. was very funny and insightful. It I was. I thought so. Cause these are some of, well, besides pretty, actually I haven't, seen a, I haven't seen a lot of these, but I, I <laughs> they're on my list of things to watch. Movie night? Yes. Bet. Agreed. Girls night. Girls night. The topic of this one section of chapter three um, goes into how in so many of these um, 90s, early 2000s rom-coms that we grew up on, some like Sleepless in Seattle, Pretty Woman, uh, Jerry Maguire, Bridget Jones' Diary, etc., um, <laughs> 
the best friend is basically just in the picture to kind of help push the protagonist into her relationship. Yeah. And at that point, she's kind of not really seen again or heard from. Right. Or he. Or he. Oh, you're right. He. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I had never really thought about it. Now that I know, or you know, Kayleen pointed it out. Right. Maybe I'll notice it when I go back and rewatch these movies. Mm-hmm. But that's just another way that media portrays like. You know, you got your girlfriends when you're single. Mm-hmm. So and then they just magically disappear once you get a man. It's like, All no, of a sudden, yeah, they their problems are gone and your whole method of communication is gone. Right. And they talk about, gosh, I hope I'm saying this right, the Bechdel test. Ooh. Um, which, thank you, Wikipedia, is a measure of the representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man, and the requirement that the two women must be named is something is sometimes oh, added. The fact that they have to be named, right? Because how many times is the best friend not named? Right, you're like, who is that again? Like, I don't know. I don't remember their name. I don't think but... they were ever addressed formally. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and so like. You know, I kind of, I kind of noticed in rom-coms there was always that friend, <laughs> but I never realized there's a whole term for it. Like there's a whole movement behind it. It's like we don't, you know, we don't always have just those friends. We don't use our friends for only when we have a man or man troubles. Like we talk about other things. There's, there's yes, more to talk about. There's a lot more going on in my life. Right. There's way more going on in my life than just that. The funniest quote is literally, let's see, right here on page 84. Mm -hmm. The Wedding Planner? Is that what movie this one is? Um, Let's see if I get to 84. I think it's The Wedding Planner. Oh my gosh, yeah, it is The Wedding Planner. So Judy Greer is the best friend, Mm -hmm. and someone in the movie asks her, Let's see. What have oh, you wait, been no, no, up no. to lately? I think. I think wait, wait, that's different. You? Oh, I think it's. Wait, I don't know. Oh, because Judy Greer apparently paid, played the best friend in three different movies. You know what? I didn't realize that until I read this book. I, I was never like, noticed. I like. It's not like you're looking out for right, the best friend. Right, exactly. It clicked. Like once I was like, oh my gosh, she was the best friend in all three of these movies. I can't even think of her like. She, Otherwise. I can, no, literally her face is not coming to mind. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'll show you after. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, someone asks her, uh, what have you been up to lately? And she says, <laughs> well, um, just have been really spending a lot of time with Sarah, who's the main character, and helping mm-hmm. her through her relationship with Dan. And then she says, I don't really have a lot going on except being Sarah's best friend. And I thought that was hilarious because it's just like, <laughs> what kind of person has the time? Right, to just be someone's best friend. Like, as you an have adult. a whole life outside of that. But again, that's how rom coms are portrayed through Hollywood. Mm. And it's like, you know, things that you see reflect into things that you believe. Exactly. And like, it's like, we're that's all not being right. trained. 
Right. And to we still... dump our friends mm-hmm. and move on to the next chapter of our life. The right. wedding, the Right, boy. all that. Right. And you kind of still see that in today's rom-coms, but they kind of somewhat evolved. They've gotten a little better. Yeah. And like, um, so one movie that I thought of that came to mind was Baggage Claim. I don't know if you've ever seen that one with Paula Patton, Jill Scott, and gosh, I cannot remember the guy's name to save my life right now, but he was hilarious in the movie. Hmm. Um, But basically, like, she's, her little sister's getting married, and she's, like, looking for, like, basically a wedding date, and she's, like, always been looking for a man of her dreams, and she's like, you know, what if, like, one of the guys that I turned down before, like was one of the dudes that I was supposed to end up with. So she goes on this whole journey of tracking down her old boyfriends and her old flames to see if maybe (laughs) there was still something there when, like, the whole time, like... That's hilarious. Literally the whole time, like... Buyer's remorse. (laughs) It was her best friend, like, at the end of the... Like, her guy best friend at the end of the day. I was like, wow, okay. The progressive movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, at the end of the day, it turns out to be her guy best friend, which, like, also doesn't always happen. But it shows you that sometimes what you're looking for is literally right in front of you. Like, you're looking in all these different places, and I... I will say sometimes I'm guilty of this. I'm like, dang, did I really cut that off too early? But it's like, no, like you have to trust your gut on some things. There was a reason. There was a reason. But like with this movie too, it kind of goes back to like Jill Scott and the guy. Like those are her like best friends who are like helping her get on. So the reason why it's baggage claim is because they're all flight attendants. Hmm. And so she has a connection of friends within the flight attendant world that shows her how to get to all these different dudes. Like if like, (laughs) One of the dudes books a ticket. They're like, hey, this dude's flying to so-and-so in so-and-so place. And here is here it is if you want to go find them or whatever. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And so they kind of navigate her through that. But what I really liked about this movie is that at the end of it, like before she figures out she's going to be with her best friend. And that was actually the guy that she was supposed to be with the whole time. She realizes that she is okay being single. Oh my god! <laughs> like, it, but here's but here's the tea behind it. Like, it's okay that she doesn't have a man yet. It's okay mm, that her that little is sister is true. getting married before her. Mm. But then the twist is she makes her little sister and her fiance realize that they're not even ready to get married yet. Like, because her mom is the one that's pushing marriage on both of them. Ah, uh, yes. So there's so many different things that'll try to influence us, whether it's family or friends or just the world in general on how we should view relationships and how we should view like, you know, once you get to this age, you're supposed to be married or with kids or whatever, whatever. Like this movie really- the timeline. The timeline. Oh my gosh. So basically saying how screw the timeline Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. do what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with that one. So, yeah. So, you know, the saying, it's all about the company you keep. It's all about the people you surround yourself with that influence the way that you think, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. So, And that's that's a good segue. Yeah. Into? Into, well, the company that you keep (laughs) post-college. Post-college. That is true. That is true. Having a good group of girlfriends. Right. So in Kayleen's case, she kind of jumped out of college and wanted to focus on her career. And because of that, she wasn't interested in getting into any type of friendship, relationship 
with women that were her age and were interested in the same things that she liked because she wanted to be a part of the boys. She was really focused on moving up the corporate ladder in a mm -hmm. sense, which meant, you know, idolizing these men that were in higher up positions mm -hmm. and- And decreasing her femininity. Decreasing her femininity, femininity, all of that, <laughs> as well as kind of looking down on girly things or what she thought of as girly things. Like feeling like you have to lessen yourself because being a woman is seen as a hindrance in the professional world. Mm. Which Especially is as a writer, which she is. Right. Um, she was saying that... She actually wasn't alone in thinking that she couldn't be a serious writer mm -hmm. if she worked at a woman's magazine. Um, apparently, there were, are lots of women who felt that way. I don't know if it was at one time or if this still happens today. Um, but, you know, it's like part of, we've all heard it, you know, whatever the guys are doing is a little bit more legitimate, important, serious. Mm -hmm. And whenever you bring up anything that's typically a feminine topic, if we're talking about like celebrities or outfits or accessories, just random things that are labeled as very girly, fashion, mm -hmm. things like that, um, it's, it's, it's labeled as you know, miscellaneous, extra, frou-frou mm -hmm. things that aren't really something serious. Right, like nothing of substance almost. Mm -hmm. And kind of what I took away from that, because she, she goes on a while talking about it, and it, go, it goes through a lot of different pathways. Mm -hmm. But one of the main things I took from that is that it's all about being and feeling confident in your own skin, which sometimes it's hard to do when all you like look around and see is like, oh my gosh, like, look at these women who almost act more, like, masculine-like and, like, the boss and, like, they, like, take a stand uh, and are, like, seen as less girly or, like, whatever, whatever. Like, little do you know how much they actually go through themselves to, like, be seen that way. And, like, mm. it's kind of sad that we feel like we have to morph our own sexes into being a different type of sex that is more relatable, in a sense, and mm. so I feel like, like, if you're wanting to be taken seriously, like, even as, like, even as a woman, like, and the fact that I even have to say even as a woman, um, is pretty sad. But I think it all comes down to just being yourself and being okay in your own skin and being confident. Like, yes, I am a woman and I do have a lot of differences than men may do, but that's kind of what makes me unique. Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like mm -hmm. it gives you a whole different perspective on things yeah and you should celebrate that and you shouldn't want to morph into someone that you're not yeah workplace culture can really affect how you feel I guess about your job your future in that position or at the company even mm -hmm. and I get that because it's so scary when your job is on the line like mm -hmm feeling like you have to be this way in order for people to accept you. But hopefully with, you know, time progressing and and just in general, like workplace being more aware of how they're discriminating and um, just in general, like hopefully 
things will get better, but I don't think that there's ever a reason to change yourself for the job. Right. And she kind of talks about uh, what they call the era of watching, quote unquote, watching boys do stuff Mm. has come to an end. Like you see all these men doing these great things. And I was like, all right, well, I see all these women doing these great things too. And it's like, I want to strive to be like them and to one day, like, be able to have the courage and the willpower to do like take for instance what's happening now and as you guys know that all of these episodes are pre-recorded so it might not be as relevant um when this episode comes out but right now we're in a presidential election season where we have some women candidates yes and we love to see it and even though they may drop out or they may not get the bid or the nomination at the end of the day. Like, at least they have the courage and the willpower to fight to be at the position that they're at. And I think that's something that should be celebrated. You're right. Whether they get chosen or not. Like, yeah, it'll suck if they don't get the nomination. Mm. But at least they have the opportunity and the courage to be up there with those men and to fight against them to get what they believe is theirs. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said by that. And, like, mm-hmm. I know there's some people where it's like, oh, well, they still didn't get the bid at the end of the day because they're a woman. That And it's like, you have two options. You can choose to look at it that way or choose to look at how far we have come as women to even be up there on that stage. Ooh, I agree because just like as, I mean, I guess at this point I'm old enough to where I've seen like multiple presidential debates, but for kids who this is the first one they've seen and there were... I mean, less now, but there was a very, like, large... It was, like, a... It was a good group of candidates. It was Mm -hmm. slightly diverse, but um, when it comes to male-female ratio, like, it was almost even. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe not even, but... (laughs) It was closer to even than I've ever seen it. Right, and that's all... That comes with progress. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta gotta start somewhere. It's not always gonna be sunshine and rainbows. No, we may not get it at the end of the day, but you know what? We tried, dang it. Definitely. Like, definitely. And you've gotta you gotta look in the the good in that too. Like you can't just always look at it. Well, they didn't get it, so that means that it's never gonna happen. Like, no. <laughs> that just may not be what was supposed to happen right now. Right. At this point in time. In Every four years. Every four we'll years. We'll be back man. at it again. Oh my gosh, back at it again. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love this section because I also love Sex in the City. Me too. Which, okay, so which character did you relate the most to in Sex in the City? Oh, do I have to say it? Yes. <laughs> Carrie. Really? Carrie? Carrie or potentially Miranda, but... I could see you as a hybrid. Yeah, somewhere in between them. Yeah. What about you? I already know. <laughs> Well, I feel like I'm a hybrid of a Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> okay. And Samantha. No, not Samantha. I feel like no, nothing wrong with being in Samantha. I, I love, love her. Samantha. I love Samantha. I just feel like I'm not the energy of Samantha, but I feel like I could be a hybrid of a Charlotte and a Miranda. Yeah, I can see it too. Yeah. Yeah. We both got a little Miranda in us. Yeah. Like I love that girl. I love that. But I love when she talks about the conversation 
that um, Miranda and Carrie have. So for those who are not familiar with Sex in the City, Carrie, it, you want to explain who sure. Carrie is more, since you're more like her I'm than me? Weak. Broke. So Carrie, <laughs> she's uh, someone who moved to New York City as a young, young woman and has kind of worked her way uh, up to becoming a writer. So she writes this little article in a newspaper and she has her three other girlfriends and they go through this single life together mm-hmm. and transition mm-hmm, you get to see them um kind of get together on the weekend for brunch as well as like walking around new york city just talking about different relationship problems career problems um you know just typical things that girls are going through in their 20s right and their 30s yeah Mm -hmm. and specifically the part I'm talking about is when Miranda and Carrie are fighting over Mr. Big who is Carrie's for those who don't know Carrie's love interest for most of the series um and they kind of go through this roller coaster of a relationship wild it was Um, toxic yeah Let's be real. And right. Miranda was calling her out. And she, Miranda was calling her out, yeah. Because Miranda's a real friend. Right. And she's a progressive friend. Yes, and this is page 90 for those of you following along in your books. And it kind of reemphasized this thing that I've been telling myself. Like, you can't always be the yes man friend. You can't. Like, oh, if you yes. want to be a good friend, you mm-hmm. have to be able to call your friends out. And be like, basically, like, in this situation... Miranda was like, listen, mm-hmm. he's been taking you through the ringer. He's non-committal. He's literally nothing that you're looking for. But yet somehow you still always end up with him. And if it goes bad this time, like, do not come crying to me about it. Because I, and you know, in relationships, there comes a point where you talk about something long enough that you're like, I can't help you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have to make a decision for yourself and run with it. <laughs> Runs is. Right, like, I will be here for you, but I no longer want to listen to you complain and moan and whine about the same situation that I've told you countless times again and again, my advice on it. Mm. There's at some point where you either take my advice, Mm. and I don't hear about this ever again, well, not ever again, but, like, not as much at least, or you just do what you want, and I'm going to live with it because I'm your friend. Do I agree with it? Probably not. But live your life at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what Miranda is telling Carrie yeah, and it's a real moment. It is a real television. It was a real moment. She goes off in the middle of the store. She really does. And it was kind of a moment I think we needed to see that your that best friend figure is not always someone who's supposed to hype you up in wow. decisions. Wow. They're supposed to have opinions of their own and tell you to tell it to you like it is. I agree. Whether you like it or not. And wow. at that point you can choose to run with it or do what you want. Right. And you can look back and there may be some feelings that flared up that you may have to apologize for. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the overarching problem that the person was trying to keep you away from, um, you may look back and be like, okay, hey, you were uh, you were right. Or look how happy I am at this point in my life and look how much we've both grown and we can still be here for each other at this moment. Right, exactly. Um, and so I think that's that was something from that that I was like, oof, yes, 
you cannot have a yes like yes men friend are not the greatest thing in the world and it will never be me um but i also pointed out on page 91 the bottom of this long paragraph mm-hmm. um where the actress who plays carrie she kind of talks she kind of goes into that mm-hmm. and you know to wrap up carrie's story at the end of the series is with girl gets guy happy ending and she says i can't help but wonder what would the show look like without that finale she wrote what if it were the story of a woman who lost herself in her 30s who was changed by a poisonous powerful love affair and who emerged finally surrounded by her friends i think that that would have made the most sense right um because the show is centered on surviving the dating world with your friends right like that was kind of the whole point of the show but at the end of the day it still ended up somehow a girl gets guy or guy gets girl however you in want paris to, look at it. to be in paris to be exact <laughs> they like, have to be as dramatic as right possible. right because it's like you follow this couple through all of these seasons and all these episodes or whatever mm. and it's like to an extent yes you might want to see them end up together but at some point when do we say no i don't like like me i don't want to see them end up together i want her to emerge as this powerful woman who yes went through all of this stuff and came out someone better. Mm. Like sometimes you need to see that. You can't constantly see that there's a happy ending at the end because that's not life. That's not real. Damn, Lana. Sorry. <laughs> no happy endings for any of us out here. That's not what we gonna get, apparently. I mean, every now and then you want to <laughs> see a feel-good story. Every now and again you might be happy. <laughs> but don't expect it. <laughs> Now listen, okay, so I love a good rom-com. I'm a sucker for a good rom-com. Right. Like, sometimes it's my escape from reality that you want to see these things. But, like, at the end of the day, you have to know that, like, it's not real. Like, again, something that's happening right now, The Bachelor's on. And I am a huge Bachelor fan. Hello to Bachelor Nation. And (laughs) not Samra. (laughs) (laughs) And I was watching the episode yesterday. And Please my dad, <laughs> I'm not going to go into the episode, <laughs> but my dad walks in on me watching The Bachelor and he was like, oh, that's always great. Right. He was like, promise me that you're not letting this stuff get to your head. Like, you know, this is not how the real world works. And I was like, I looked at him. And I said, yes, dad, I know this is not how the <laughs> real world works. However, it is hella entertaining right now. And that's the main reason I watch it. So the main reason everyone watches it right like subconsciously you watch these things because you want to see these things but like i feel like it is important in the back of your head you know that half of this stuff is not real true like you have to come back to reality at some point and sometimes this may be your reality and more power to you but it's not everyone's not everyone lives that way not everybody lives that lifestyle and that is okay Wow. Okay, so next <laughs> she talks about Seinfeld and the Which I've never really girl watched. relationship in that. We can we can skip past it. Seinfeld is one of my favorite shows. Really? It is. I haven't watched the entire thing from front to back. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like I need to go back and watch do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But we don't have to go that much into it. Basically, Elaine is someone that 
dated Jerry Seinfeld, but was able to continue as a character on the show and be one of the boys, mm-hmm. like Kayleen is talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, that's something great. And it's definitely was a pivotal moment. In, yeah, friendships with men are great. In a TV history, but I feel like there's not much else to say besides that. Well, something I got out of that too is that you know, she emphasizes how in those days she like wanted to stay away from the other women in her office. Like she wanted to be seen as one of the boys and didn't want those kind of women feministic ideologies to be attached to her. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be seen on the same playing field as the men. Mm. And something that I took from that is kind of projecting our in- our own insecurities onto other women because that's what she was doing. She would look at these women and you know, there was this one, this one thing. girl, I have it underlined. I was about to say this one part where she, they're going to a party and the girl wants to stop for deodorant. She's like, so annoyed that the girl wants to stop to like, like, you know, sometimes you want to just smell good. Like that, like sometimes that has nothing to do with like, oh, I'm about to be around a bunch of men. Like, let me smell good for them. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Like you just want to smell hygienic, you know? Just like Kayleen wanted to appear as one of the boys. Like you have to respect each other's spaces. This girl just didn't want to smell sweaty. Right. And Kayleen was not having it. She wasn't. And that comes with projecting our own insecurities. Like she saw this girl as one of the insecurities that, you know, she didn't want to be seen as that. So she didn't want to have anything to do with her. This girl actually embodied all of those insecurities. All of those insecurities, because right. Because she's someone that would, I don't know if it was her, but she was like crying in the office. She wasn't afraid to be a woman. And emotional. Mm-hmm. Emotional in the office. Um, she would buy herself a cupcake if she had a bad day. Yes. Just mm-hmm. like things that... Uh, Kayleen felt were extremely feminine, too over the top, kind of ruled this woman out as someone Kayleen could respect. Um, And like projecting, going back to projecting our insecurities, it can be done simply by downplaying others because we're not secure in ourselves. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like one of those half compliments. Half compliments, right. Where it's like I've never seen it look good but I like that on you type of thing mm-hmm. where it's like Ugh. thank you I think did you did you really mean that right <laughs> and um, then like but you know we should celebrate our differences and not degrade each other for them you know what I mean right right it says um on page 98 mm-hmm It says that when you're insecure about something, you can project that this person who's not like you is somehow the enemy. Because if you can compartmentalize them that way, if you can make them that way, that validates who you are. Mm. So this like image of yourself that you have in your head, this person who's not like that is almost reinforcing the fact that you are who you say you are. Right. And that's just built solely on your insecurity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You hate to see it. You really do hate to see it. Um, and then I pointed out this situation on page 99. Oh, yes. This is the one where she wanted to stop for deodorant. She said, who cares? Yeah, she literally, Kayleen literally said, who cares? And then, But then she says, looking back on it, 
Um, I can see she probably felt as awkward at the magazine as I did and was trying to do everything she could not to make a misstep in the male-infested office politics, too. Um, I didn't want it. She says, I didn't want to giggle or be too emotional. She didn't want to smell. Like, at the end of the day, like, just because it may not seem like it's the same issue, like, mm. there might be underlying roots that Period. are the same thing that you just don't even realize about people um, until, you know, space and time and you realize these things. She even goes so far as to call herself the mean girl at work. Mm-hmm. Because she says, I should have reassured, she says, I should have reassured her that we get through this party and eventually these entry level jobs. We could have worked together to make ourselves feel more comfortable at work instead of constantly zigging and zagging to conform to what the boys wanted us to be. Instead, I didn't want to be anywhere near her. I didn't want her to drag me down. Mm-hmm. Following up from like right there on page 100. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayleen says that we're made to believe that it's impossible to rise together. Mm, and I the feel fear like, factor. Yeah, that goes that goes up especially in the workplace. Um where it's like, you know, um if she gets this promotion, am I gonna get it? Right. So that comp that natural that natural competition. That natural competition. Can we be close or are we competitors you know just that like unknown um is something that i guess gets escalated when you're the only or one of the few women in an office and you don't see the women moving up right and i think something else we have to realize is everyone is not going to celebrate your success female or male like not everyone is going to be happy that you got what you got Mm -hmm. like jealousy is a natural thing Mm -hmm. And so you have to remember that and surround your people who are genuinely excited for you and genuinely want to see you succeed. And you have to weed out those people who don't. Mm -hmm. Those small talking people. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. And then at the bottom of 101, she said, it's not kumbaya. Yes. And we're not going to braid each other's hair and all advance together. Right. But she expects that you have the honor not to mess with my career mm-hmm. um, and reject the group think that says we all have to love each other all of the time. Right. And I feel like a lot of people feel this way. Like, you know, who is really there for me? Who is actually wanting me to succeed? And you really have to find that for yourself. Yeah. Like I could tell you all day long, like, And people put up a facade like, oh, yeah, I totally want you to blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And then when you get it, they're like, "Mm, it's going to be hard. (laughs) I hope you're up for the challenge. Almost like belittling it to a sense. And it's like, oh, my, like making you second guess yourself. Like, oh, my gosh, am I ready for this? And it's like, Mm. no. Mm -hmm. Again, again, they're projecting. Mm -hmm. So like let it push and motivate you instead of making you insecure or jealous of the other person. Like when someone else is succeeding in something, like if somebody else gets a promotion, mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh my gosh, like here we go again. I didn't get the promotion or I didn't get what I wanted. Like <laughs> so let it be like, okay, I have to work harder and let it push and motivate you mm-hmm. instead of looking down on that person. Like why not try learning from them instead of being jealous of them? I say go as far as making a girls group in the office. 
Right. Like and it, do girl things yeah, together. Right. That, that, that happened at one of my internships. It was so cool. Like they had nights where the women in the office would get together and like do like little things. Like one time they had like a sip and paint that they all did together. Like Those an, were fun. Yeah. Like mm, wine. <laughs> <laughs> that was like an outside work event that they all put together. Like as women in that office, like who are going through some of the similar things. Mm-hmm. And like it was women from like, you know, managerial status to entry level status who were doing those things. Like to me as an intern doing those things with them. And like, it was a really beautiful thing to see. And I think that's something that I've been blessed and fortunate enough to be able to experience that in the workplace that not necessarily everyone gets to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So that's something I took away from this chapter. And then something else um, that they talk about in this chapter. Oh, she talks about her friend Ellie. I think that's her name. Oh, um, Ellie with the like she was her Wonder roommate. Woman. Yes, outfit. yes, 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 yes. And it reminded me because she talks about how later in life um, they like scheduled to meet and hang out now because obviously they're not in the same cities. But like those long distance best friends. And shout out to them. Shout out because if it's real, the relationship is gonna last no matter how far you are from that person. And especially nowadays, like with technology and social media, it makes it even easier to stay in touch. And you know, at the end of the day, like distance makes the heart grow fonder and the longer part almost the better because it makes the meetups even more exciting. Um, and I think we can both relate to that, to our recent trip to Mobile to go visit our best friend, Kenzie, who recently moved. Um, and she's been one of our best friends since freshman year of college. And this that had probably been the longest we had gone without seeing her. It was only a couple of months, but it felt like, I don't know about you, but it felt like forever to me. Mm-hmm. Just like that in part, like we'll talk. You know, we'll text, we'll FaceTime, we'll call, whatever. But, like, that in-person contact, it's, like, totally. You think of all of these different things that you want to talk about with that person and catch up with. And, like, it was it was a great time. I had a really good time. Shout out to you, Ken. Shout out to Ken's. <laughs> um, so, I think those long-distance best friends are equally as important as the ones you have right up the street. Like, keeping those relationships and... You know, just fostering that communication, I feel like it's really important. 100. Mm-hmm. And then... Ooh. What else? What else, Lana? Back to going... Going back, if I can talk, to college friends. Like, honestly, coming from a personal experience, college was when I realized how important friends are and how much they really can add value to your life. And I think that's because, like, when you're starting college, like, that's when you're, like, quote, unquote, truly an adult Mm. and going through a lot more adult situations. And those other people around you are going through the same things, too. So you kind of rally together and, like, go through it together Mm. um so like honestly like from a situation that I was coming out of from transitioning to high school to college like y'all were my first real family you know Mm. what I mean like in school yeah and those relationships were so important to me and I feel like can be so important to a lot of people that you take with you Um, throughout your college journey and like past that into like real real adulthood 
<laughs> but you guys you thought me, right, right you thought it was over this is only the beginning welcome welcome um but it taught me that but you guys taught me that it was okay to be myself and that I truly because you know I face insecurity issues and body image issues and all those great things no, great things all of those things but you guys reminded me of the great things about myself. And uh, what are like, friends for? Right. But like, I didn't really realize it until I met you guys. And you how hate to see it, bro. That just right. goes to show you like, mm, I just hate to see it. Right. But you know how, how I look at it, it's better, been. it's better later than never. You You're know right. what I mean? You're right. And so that's how I, that's why I attribute my transition so much to you guys because without you guys like kind of opening that gate of my mind of you know like I am I can't be smart and beautiful and like see myself in this positive light and be really okay with who I am and not trying to conform into who other people are around me and who I want to be friends with like wow why not want them to want to be friends with me like oh. Why not vice versa? Like, why can't it be make equal? me cry over here? I'm so weak. I thought about it. I was like, gosh, I don't want to make her cry. It really is just so emotional looking back <laughs> at the amount of growth that we've all accomplished just due to unconditional love. Like, right? Like, why wasn't that a thing before? Right. Like, honestly, I'm thankful to this day that I met you guys. And, you know, even to the ones that I'm not as close with or even friends with anymore, like I'm still thankful regardless because you were a part of my journey and it was such a beautiful journey. And I mean, it's a continuing journey and even the new friends that I've made down the road, like so thankful to them, just like all my day ones and all my real ones, period. Like so thankful for my group of people. We the best. Honestly, y'all are the best. <laughs> um, because even girls that I just became friends with, like, you know, through life and sorority life and whatnot, like, I am so thankful for all of them. Like, they've all contributed so much to me and my personal growth and just, like, just life. And, like, I love, you know, new friendships because mm -hmm. they can be so much different than the friendships you're already in, mm -hmm. which is another thing she talks about in the book, like, not being closed off to just those friends that you have, like, mm -hmm being not being like oh I have these friends and that's it I don't need any more friends it's like I <laughs> people <laughs> like, can add value people can add You're value right. to your life like yeah you may not have that time to like you know actively hang out with all of these people but like just having them in your circle of people that you consider close with like I feel like is a really valuable thing I agree because you're really at beautiful. different points in your life when you meet these people. Yes. yes. So I feel like that probably affects, um, you know, the relationship you have, mm -hmm. what you talk about. And new eyes on certain situations that you might still be going through. That's true. That's true because you may learn the way your, you know, oldest friends kind of process things and how they give advice. And you can probably even talk yourself through the way your friend would mm -hmm. in a certain situation just because you know them so well. But that new perspective, you may get something you never thought. You know, you may learn something about the other person you never thought you would. 
Right, which you guys know I love plugging our podcast, but it's literally what we intend to do with this whole thing we call She You All Read. Like, this thing right this, here? This thing right here, yeah. Uh, yeah our yeah, podcast? Yeah. Our podcast, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, literally, we have our own opinions and perspectives on the books and the topics that we may read, but we genuinely want to get your input too. So I'm going to do what I do best, plug QA at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, please, please get sit. that tattooed on your body. <laughs> Maybe I'll get it on my rib cage. Email me. Email me at gmailredqa.com. Totally kidding. If you guys, for you guys who don't know me, I'm terrified of needles. So this is this is very much a joke. I'm, I'm yeah, no. Surprise, Lana! You just signed yourself into a tattoo. Ah uh-huh. ha In a few weeks, we're coming for you. Sure. With that needle. Mm, good luck. Uh, anywho, ooh, having a good group of friends, going back to that. I know we probably said it a ton during this episode, but it is so important to have even just a small, really good group of friends, even if you have, like, multiple people that you consider your friends, like, having at least a select few that you're like, that's my girl, that's my person, and... yeah. Your emergency contact. Right. Right. Like knowing the real from the fake and asking yourselves these questions. Will they really look out for me? If the roles were reversed, would they do the same for me? What am I really getting out of this relationship? Is it healthy? Mm. Key questions, people. Please ask yourselves these things when you're looking at your friends. Like if you feel there's a shift in your your life that's needed to be made, like... It could, be your it, could circle. Be, it could be your circle of people, right? I um, agree. Just today I was having ooh. a breakdown. I wouldn't call it a breakdown, but a venting <laughs> session with yeah. Alana about the fact that I have yet to land a job that I want. Mm. And, you know, some people could have been like just kind of agreeing with my negative perspective on the whole situation and you know really could have fed into it could have added more negative negativity to that vent session but instead Lana turned it into what I'd like to call a come to Jesus meeting (laughs) where Lana felt so called to um just shower positivity into my life you know even when I don't feel like being positive just having someone around me her and my other friends as well like they're all really good about stopping me and being like look like you're like you are in a great spot like take time and really appreciate where you are make sure you're happy because you know, if you're just running to the next point, you know, is that's not a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. If you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, I'm just thankful to have people, just like the fact that I landed on amazing friends, blessed. That's all I have to say. Blessings on blessings on blessings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah. 
so be sure to look out like Samra basically was just saying be sure to look out for each other no matter the situation whether it's life things like checking in on your friends is super important to make sure that they are okay especially if you haven't heard from them in a while or you know they're going through something and you really haven't gotten an update on it yet like I'm thinking of people I need to contact right now (laughs) yeah man make your list people make your list um but even even more specific like a night out um making sure you're looking out for your people because she talks she did you read that one situation where like the dude licked her friend's leg because she was dancing on a table uh yeah i did and she was like back away right like back off like you need people like when you ladies ladies public service announcement when you go out and there is alcohol and drinking involved make sure you are around people you trust wow to make sure that you're gonna make it home okay you're gonna be okay and just genuinely that you are all right because it is a scary world we live out here mm-hmm. in these streets it's it upsetting. can get really scary really fast like just be safe be looking out for yourself and if you get to a point where you can't look out for yourself necessarily, like make sure there are people around you or even people you can call to say, hey, come get me. I'm not in a good situation or I'm not in a good spot. And that they will be those people who will stop whatever they're doing and come and get you. That's a big one. That is huge. And sharing your location is huge. My friends know I check find my friends literally once a day. And it's honestly kind of funny because anytime they're like not in a usual spot during a particular part of the day, I'm like, hey, what you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Give your stalker friend the location (laughs) because who is going to save your life when you're in God knows where? Right. Your stalker friend. Right. That's me. (laughs) Your stalker mom caring the best, the best, the best. Like you just, you just hear terrible terrible stories about people leaving their friends Mm -hmm. at said bar with said man and it's never good it's never good i've never heard a good story like a good ending to that story right like it's it's a scary world we live out there people we want you to be safe we want you to be safe um and just yeah protect yourselves um you need a a wing woman when you're going out like that's not even just like you know the scarier part of going out of what could happen but like you know you need your wing woman to just be that person who's on on, yeah that person who's on your same sketchy people that you don't want to dance on right right. that person who will like who's gonna tell the persons to back away when they're licking your leg right you need that girl you need that girl or girls i feel like in our friend group we have girls you need multiple Um, sometimes 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 depends on the vibe and honestly like i want to preach this like don't be a bystander if you see something uh, happening to someone that you just feel in your gut is not okay, even if you don't know her or him or whoever, that's a good one. Go and do something because you don't know if you checking in to make sure that everything is okay will save their life at the end of the day. No one's going to be mad if you just like say, hey, what's up? And even if they are, are even if they are and everything's fine, like at least you can say you made sure and you can go home and know that you know you did the right thing at the end of the day be a hero not a zero so yeah kind of ending it um we as women are so complex 
And we should be celebrating that instead of looking at it as something that hinders us. And celebrating the progression yes. that we've seen in the media. Um, even if there are small steps. From, small steps lead to big steps. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just um, taking a moment to, I guess, assess your biases about each gender and what that specific gender is supposed to be doing like try to try to unpack that see where it's all stemming from um make sure that you aren't closing yourself off to relationships due to your you know biases and mm -hmm. i guess just try to be open yeah and something i'll kind of end my spiel on mm -hmm. um is the last paragraph on page 111 mm -hmm. i'm gonna read it it says for it's kind of her wrap up of this whole chapter of her journey um through all of this okay for the first time in years i felt a real kinship with my own sex and the more i looked around the more i started to realize that there were plenty of smart funny warm girls around me to be friends with why wasn't i reaching out to them boom <laughs> right and then we move to chapter four which we will talk about next week don't forget email your comments to shewellreadqa at gmail.com hey that's my line I'm and kidding. we'll see you next week <laughs> we'll see you next week bye guys bye thank you for listening today we hope you enjoyed the episode please follow us on all of our social media facebook Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to SheWellReadQA at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to SheWellRead at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode and subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye.